correctly with the correct amount. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. radiocom Welcome to Me and Steve Talk RPG, the podcast where me and my friend Steve try and help you get the most out of your role-playing game experience. Welcome back to Me and Steve. Tonight, I'm here with Steve. Hi, Steve. Hello. What are we going to do tonight, Steve? I think we have a guest on, don't we? Do we? Are we going to ask our guest what happens if the queen's pants don't hold enough helium to make her fly? We might. Okay. So so who's our guest tonight? Well, tonight we have the GM from what is now Tabletop Tales, what was, what comes after. We have Mr. Tyler. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast that you run here on the network? So actually just about, just over a year old now. We, uh, we started with Genesis Game Post-Apocalypse set in um, southern New England in the 80s. We have since expanded about a month and a half ago. We started the Star Wars game, which also live streams on Jordan's Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash K-I-N-G-S-O-L-V-I-E-G. We then podcast that. We break it into two episodes. We podcast it the first Friday of the month, break it into two episodes that get posted on the feed. Uh, Jordan also streams a fifth edition game on Wednesday nights with several of the players from the other games that we are also podcasting now. We're catching up on that. I think we got about uh, four or five more episodes until we're just down to one a week for that too. Very cool. And so we actually brought you on to talk about world building and settings because me and Steve are both big fans of your your show, What Comes After, and the world that you've built for that show is just phenomenal. <laughs> just, yeah, just everything about that is is awesome. So that's actually what we brought you on to talk about is just, you know, world building and the details and, and what you put into what you put into your worlds or how, you know, how you get that process going in your head. A lot of it, I drive for a living for the most part. I'm in the car, you know, last, you know, over the last two years, I've been in the car six to seven hours a day when I'm, when I do have full-time hours of worth of work. And that's a good place. That's, that's a place for me where my, my, my head's just spinning and uh, I'm thinking up all my ideas because I'm focused on the road, but I can have, you know, I've got, you know, that, that creative part of my brain's like, oh yeah, I can think about things. So, I mean, to be honest with you, there, there's a reason why I picked the location that I picked to set this. And it's because I didn't have to do a whole lot of creating the environment because it's, it's already here. It's just changed a bit, right? You know, it's everything. I often have to edit around it, but there'll be times where we'll be talking about where something is in game and we'll be using like local landmarks. Like we know exactly where this thing is, but you know, you as a listener is going to, you're going to be like, where the hell is, what are you talking about? (laughs) Um, you know, so I, I often have to, to, to remember that, but yeah, I mean, like I said, we all grew up in this area, so it's a, it's a very collaborative effort too. My players know that, you know, we talk between sessions about, about things. What, what do you guys think is in this place? What do you think is in that place? But on the whole, I just kind of let it go as it, as it may. And I've been building up as we go. There was probably, I probably had about a page and a half worth of notes when we started. You know, I had, I had, I had names for important people in Plymouth. I had a few other names and a few other locations around the area that I, that I felt were populated. And then we just took it from there and, and the, the players have uh, gone out and explored in their own way, however they wanted to. I've been trying to keep it a little bit more open now as we, as we go. Like when, when we first started, I think I, I screwed the pacing up a bit at the beginning. I feel like um, should have given a little bit of time after their first uh, couple forays out. And I think we could have done a lot more setting building in the town. But yeah, I mean, like I said, just, I think collaboration for me right now is is the big thing. In the past, I think I used to get into that whole, like, this is my story and this is what's gonna happen. And when it doesn't happen the way I anticipated or the players don't pick up on it, you get kind of frustrated and, and you lose your place. And for me, the game suffered. So I, th- going into this, I was like, okay, this is what's here. Have at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
that's fair. I mean, I, I like the idea that, you know, like you said, you, you basically went, okay, well, this is where I live. So I don't have to build the geography. And in your case, right. you know, all your players are your friends and their locals there too. So like you said, you can say it's, and you know, obviously being a podcast, you know, you can edit a little bit of table talk out or whatever and go, yeah, it's, it's where the pizza hut used to be. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or, or, yeah. or, you know, whatever. Right. But that does, that saves you so much work in a lot of ways because you have those common points of reference and yeah, you can just, it, it's this place, you know, it's this intersection, whatever. Yep. I would say though, for the benefit of anyone who hasn't listened to your show and by the way, mm-hmm. go listen. Cause it is, it's, it's really cool. Trust us. Thank you. <laughs> um, but do you want to give a quick elevator pitch other than, you know, 80s yeah. post-apocalyptic? Cause I'm kind of curious to hear how you describe it. Yeah, so in, I believe, it was, I believe I chose 1983. Approximately, I've never really committed to a number. I've said, I've said like approximately half, maybe a little bit more than half of the people of the world just stopped living. Not die. I, I, I avoid the word died because nobody really knows what happened. These people just stopped living. And now think about the repercussions of that. I mean, you go, you go into like, you know, the Avengers and and Thanos' snap, you know, those people all disappeared, but there were still repercussions. You know, there was somebody that might have been driving a car, and what happens when they disappear? That car slamming into something. Well, take that to the bigger scale, and you have planes that are crashing. You have you have carnage just because people, the the people operating these things were no longer doing it. And it is now about five years later. When I initially pitched to my players, I had initially wanted them to be much younger. The idea was going to be that they were just now coming into adulthood, mm-hmm. um, but they all had concepts that were a little bit older. So I was like, okay, we'll, we'll deal with it. More like Piper then. Yeah. Yeah. Pipe, well, and David's pretty young too, but Piper, she took, she took the, the, um, the young uh, guideline to, to heart. And uh, when we were making her character, when we were making Kayla's character, but yeah. And then, you know, it's just been people trying to survive. You know, people coming together. Uh, there's probably less than a quarter of the population that once was, and this hit the whole entire world. Is the idea and things like you know, it, it was a cold war, so there were dead man's protocols. So nuclear missiles launched, and major cities were hit. That's not something they've had to deal with. Uh, it might be something in future campaigns that I that I kind of put out there, but I don't know yet. Kind of like I said, I have very little beyond what I've put into episodes now i have very little written down or committed to any sort of plot let me be honest that that kind of surprises me because listening to the show it doesn't seem that way and and that's just i mean that's i'm glad it comes off that way because sometimes i go into a session and i go oh jeez what am i gonna do like what am i what am i starting out with this week or or where where are they gonna end up this week <laughs> like i have things like i have ideas and the, but they're literally just they're literally just fragments there have been some things, you know, like like I did plan out their their trip into Boston. That was pretty well planned out. But by planned out, I mean a couple sessions before I had started writing, you know, how I wanted, like what I wanted them to encounter. And there's a couple things coming up that actually the, the episode we just recorded came up on a throwaway. Oh, you know, somebody mentions they saw this. And they latched onto it. So I was like, all right, well, now I've got to go figure out what the hell's going on down there. <laughs> and and we did, and we got a whole session out of it. So, you know what, though, that's, I've said that, though, that sometimes your best source of inspiration as a GM is your players. And and mm-hmm. just pay attention to those little things that, that they seem to key on and lean into it. Well, and also I've told them before that there have been times where they've been theorizing about what might be going on with any particular thing. I just kind of scribble out what I had and write down what they said because I liked that better. And they don't know. They think they were right. Yep. Were they? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we both use that one from time to time. <laughs> oh, more more frequently than from time to time. There's a reason why when I start a lot of my campaigns, it's like, well, you're here. What do you want to do? Yeah. <laughs> Where are you going? You going left or right? All right, you're going right. All right, cool. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, but there's there are also some some lasting repercussions uh, of things that they have done, and there's there's something that they did very recently that may not come back to haunt them. But I have I have created 
it may well be a second campaign plot. I'm not going to spoil what it is, but it, they definitely did something that may spawn off into another storyline. Mm-hmm. I say, as we speak, the the last episode that dropped, I think, was the one where and I think this is is fairly spoiler safe, but where the the Russian woman contacted them. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Estranged bedfellows. Yes. Yes, that was the name of and it. And we're on. We're we're three episodes ahead of that in recording. The last two of those, though, are split party. The first episode to come out will be two party members, and then the other one will be the other three. Ah. I was originally going to go back and forth in one episode, but we ended up with enough in both that I was like, I'm just going to, I think I'm just going to keep these as their own episodes. Yeah. Sometimes trying to cut back and forth in the audio would be. I think it would be too long as well. Yeah. Fair enough. (laughs) To put it plainly. I mean, we, uh, we recorded on Friday night and my intention had been for it to be like an hour and a half, two hours because we were down a player both. The session before and this session, which is why splitting the party was a was a easy way to do it. And I had anticipated only doing like an hour and a half, two hours um, this past Friday. And we ended up uh, doing three and a half, I think, Indeed. when it came down to it. So it's going to be a fun one. <laughs> yeah. And, and then now you're running the Star Wars stream slash yep. podcast on top of that. Yeah. Which, you know, not to digress too much, but I love the the party dynamic or lack thereof in that game. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it they took that they took the idea that I gave them and they they ran with it. And uh Ralph especially kind of um you know took it took it in a direction I was hoping they wouldn't, but it it should uh it should make for some interesting uh conflicts coming up. Yeah. But that, as far as releases go, I don't. I edit that almost barely. I kind of just put it together, mix it down, put the the music in it, record an intro and an outro, and slap it up there. <laughs> yeah. Well, editing's a weird thing, you know. It just it is. Different people do it different ways, and I listen. I re-listen to to what comes after as I'm editing. It also helps with note taking. If there's a, if there's something that I I think you know as I'm going through it, and I go oh. I didn't note that down. I, you know, I have a moment now, now to, to go do that. But yeah, I, it, it usually takes about two to three minutes per minute of recorded audio for me to be fully finished with a, with a recording and be happy with it. Okay. So I'm not as slow as I thought I was. <laughs> <laughs> I am, I am very particular. Uh, now, you know what though? It sounds good. So that's the important part. Yeah. But one of the things I was curious with, with this setting you're playing in, it's, you have so many elements that you, that you're messing with as far as, you know, magic coming back and creatures and other things. And, you know, I don't know how in depth you want to go with as far as, you know, spoilers or whatever, but like you have somehow managed to put it all in there. And yet it doesn't feel like a slap together kitchen sink of a world. And too many times with game systems or games where you try to have that many elements you know, it, it ends up feeling like, oh, I want this and I want this and I want this and I want this and it doesn't mesh, but yours seems to work. And I didn't know if there was any sort of method to that or did it just sort of happen? I think it's moderation. I mean, because because in a lot of respects, I mean, you look at things, you know, David is the only one they've ever encountered that's manifesting psychic power. Mm hmm. Piper, up until recently, was the only one that they they really knew was was manifesting arcane uh, ability, and uh, that will eventually. It's not going to change this campaign. It in anything going forward, I'm going to sort of move her brand of magic into something similar to Ebron's artifice, mm-hmm. where it's more about creating and and modifying things than it is about actually like blasting people. That's not to say, you know, you know, she's she's their blaster. You know, she she comes through in a lot of situations where, you know, I don't worry about giving them too many minions because she's just going to blow them all off. Yeah, well, but that <laughs> works, though, in a way, because with her being the, the mechanical type, lightning electricity is is kind of a mechanical energy. And so yep. even that that works in that light. I mean, I guess fire could too, but that's why we've um her her implement actually allows her to add the lightning stuff to uh, her spells without increasing the difficulty of. 
Ah, because okay. if, for anybody that doesn't know the the magic system, when you use an attack spell, uh, you get to you can add certain things to it by increasing the difficulty. Uh, she does not increase the difficulty for electricity unless she's using auto fire, which is something that electricity can do. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't use that often. But yeah, it's just a lot of moderation. They're sort of they they've been seeing these constructs more and more, and they've more or less been told now in the last episode that. Um, there is somebody with similar magic to her um, that is building these constructs. Mm-hmm. And then the same thing with Doc manifesting his his divine power. Um, up until very recently, they had not... He knew that there were other gods that may come out, but he had not encountered anybody until very recently. So, yeah, I mean, it's just... There's so very little of it. I think that I don't have to worry too much it's going to, I'm going to have to tone it back a little bit in the future. I, I definitely, I definitely hear where you're coming from <laughs> and have been thinking about, and I was thinking about it today. Like, what do I cut going forward? Well, I think though, like, and, and, and what I was trying to say is, like I said, your world, at least listening to it, you know, it doesn't feel mm-hmm. nailed together. You know what I mean? Like it, it makes sense in some way. And I didn't know if, you know, like, I don't know how to say it the best way, but like it just, it feels kind of organic and, and I like it that way, you know, as opposed to, you know, and I know you and I had a conversation, short conversation on, I don't know if it was discord or Facebook or something a while back, because part of, of your kind of story concept feels somewhat reminiscent to me of the origin story of the Rifts universe from Palladium. And I was just curious if that had been an inspiration, but at that point you had told me you had never actually even looked at that. So I was actually, um, is that the one? So somebody else had told me about this about a setting ages ago, and I don't remember if, if that was the setting or not. But is is that the setting where basically like different places uh, had different like uh, different realities sort of merging with it, and there was like a dinosaur area and and a bunch of different types of areas? Am I thinking of the right game? Somewhat. I can see people describing rifts that way. What I was referring to really is that their kind of core origin was that basically World War Three happened, and as all the people started dying, it reinfused the world with magic. Oh, okay. But like your yeah. your story, where you're going with it, what I've seen in the more recent episodes, you're kind of not really following that. I mean, to a certain point, but you've got other stuff cooking in the background too mm-hmm. yeah i mean i have thought very little about origins at points too <laughs> if i'm being entirely honest um the religious aspects the i feel like i took a kind of a lazy way out and just said yeah well all the gods that that are going to show up are basically that have shown up throughout history and just different cultures have revered them differently and their aspects might change from culture to culture, but in general, they all have the same portfolio. Um, mm-hmm. And they might end up being split up amongst different personalities. But that's probably the the most I've really put into background. We have some theories on where David Psionics come from um, in the vein of like Area 51. And he, Rob's not shy about talking about that with his character. The conspiracy theories about how... Um, with Area 51, I don't remember the name of the um, the experiments, but um, they're basically there. Are, there's conspiracy theories that some people were um, had their DNA spliced with alien DNA, and that's where his powers come from. Okay. And we've never really. It's not something I've super explored beyond letting uh, him be kind of a conspiracy theorist on it. Fair. Um, although he, you know, the fact that um, the only descriptions they have of the gods so far are that they looked like grays was sort of a confirmation for him as well. Yeah. So am I hearing you right to basically say that the largest part of your inspiration was really, well, what if this thing did happen? Yeah. I mean, it, it was something that came up in our session zero. <laughs> he was like, he, he brought this up and I was like, yeah, I mean, that seems plausible. And part of that too comes out of fantasy flights Tannhauser setting. I haven't looked into that setting all that much beyond what's in the core Genesis book for the weird uh-huh. war um, type of game. But basically, the idea there is that the U.S. the Roswell incident 
basically allowed the U.S. to come up with a whole bunch of other technology that they didn't have. And they also, I, I think they made tr like treaties and everything with with the aliens or something like that. It's been a long time since I've looked at it. But yeah, it, it just kind of let them, you know, this is what I think my character is. Okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll see if that makes sense down the road. That makes sense down the road. That's cool. You know, like it, it just strikes me like people want to go, well, that's the, 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 the lazy way to do it, but it's not lazy if it works. Yeah. Why is it, why is it lazy? I mean, it's, it, it's fun. <laughs> exactly. You know, they're enjoying themselves. Exactly. And I do have to admit a lot of my inspiration for doing a post-apocalyptic game comes from the GM of a, a long running group that I have that we play on Wednesdays. And we did, we started fifth edition with his setting, which is also post-apocalypse, similar in nature to what I ended up going with. But for him, the whole idea was that um, there was like this government agency and they, they were playing around with power that they shouldn't have been playing around with. And they caused a fundamental change in the way the universe worked, Ooh. which completely obliterated technology. Oh, up to and including things like gunpowder doesn't work anymore. Wow. And magic came back. Uh, and our first characters, I think we were, when we started that campaign, it was like, I want to say it was 10 to 15 years. No, it was more than that because we were all born after. But all the fantasy races sort of had different analogs of how they came about. They were all humans previously and various different things, different traits turned people into different things. And we, that, that group ushered in the gods of that realm too, or helped them in some, not to get super specific into it, because I could go on for hours with that game. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it was very much, you know, I took a lot of inspiration from that. And I've told them that, you know, it, it, it's, it's not, it, it's very obvious to, to those of us that are part of that group, or he's, he now uses that. That's just basically his go-to setting. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people sort of know that, know that whole story. Wow, that's that's I just I just think it's so cool that, you know, now that you say it, I can see it in what I'm hearing. But like, did you really for the most part, you just did go, oh, OK, what if this really happened? And what if that really yep. happened? I wanted to have fun with it. And that's what kind of, you know, just kind of I just kind of let it play out. I had, I had a very basic, you know, this this is what I think is going to happen. But I ended up changing, you know, just about everything that I had planned to happen. Up until recently, when I kind of finally set things in stone, especially with the most recent episode that's out, as of this recording, you know, them having that conversation sort of put certain things like they're now they're now chiseled in that in that stone, and I can't necessarily fully go back on things. Right. <laughs> which is which makes me go, oh boy. But well, but to a certain point, it's something to stand on too. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, just having fun, set out to have fun with it, not stress about it. And that's what we're doing. That's cool. So like you're saying you're running it a lot as a, almost a sandbox then in a lot of ways, uh, are the design elements really coming? Like we were talking before the, well, it is now is, is that a lot of your de design or did you have a lot of this, you know, be it the, let's call it the flashpoint type thing going on. Uh, was um, that all planned ahead or was that just like a moment of, ooh, this could be fun to mess with? It's a combination. I, it's no one thing has been, you know, like I said, up until now, no one thing has been sacred. If we're going about things and I go, well, okay, given how things are working out, that it doesn't make sense that this is going to happen now, you know, then then it moves on into something else. But yeah, I mean, like I said, we're we're set in stone sort of for what the enemies are trying to accomplish, mm -hmm. but we're not set in stone as far as what the final confrontation is going to be, mm -hmm. whether they can stop the things that he's trying to do. And even if they do stop him from doing that, what next? Like, what are they going to have to deal with next? Mm -hmm. So like, is this planned out to be a long campaign or are you? Um, so we, we've got up to 32 episodes now fully recorded. I have told them recently, I don't see this going much past 50 to 60. Okay. And and that's not to say like, oh, I just want to move on. It's just, I don't want to drag something out mm -hmm. if we don't need to. You know what I mean? If there's going to be a final confrontation, then I'm not going to kind of drag it out any more than it needs to. It's going to happen. 
and 50 episodes may maybe a long shot maybe maybe over the next few episodes that they they come to you know get the things that they need to to stop this or they don't and they have to deal with what's going to happen whatever he's going to on what the enemy is going to unleash right so 50 60 episodes if it comes shorter than that then it comes shorter than that i have for the, probably about a month now i have been sort of putting things to paper as far as character options for starting a, a second campaign because like i said they're going to be things that are different mm-hmm. the magics are going are to be different i'm and things may get cut i don't know if psionics are going to stay Mm-hmm. For no other reason than I don't want to overcrowd things. That makes a lot of sense. But you, so, am I hearing you correct to say though? Well, this campaign may wrap up. You do intend to go back to that setting. As of right now, the the, the plan would be that yeah, there's there's going to be another campaign in this setting. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> it um it will likely take place. And this is another thing I've been I've been sort of spitballing and trying to figure out. It'll likely take place about a hundred years later. Uh, okay. So so things have things have advanced, or not necessarily advanced, but time has gone by, and old technology is a little bit harder to come by. Um, magics are sort of a little bit more well well established, but we'll see. Kind of just like I said, I'm gonna. St- Still play it by ear, but like I'm putting my careers together as far as um, what the options are going to be. There are going to be some non-human races, not like super non-human, like, you know, no dwarves or elves or orcs or anything like that. But they're going to be non-standard type of races or archetypes or whatever you want to call them. Kind of almost uh, mutated or evolved humans in a way then? Um, Yeah. Yeah. Or tinkered with humans, that kind of stuff. Ooh. <laughs> Oh my. No, I just, like I said, the, the, some of the stuff you've got going on and, and like part of me really wants to, to ask you, and, and I don't want to ask for spoilers, obviously, cause I'm sure somewhere there's some crossover between our listener bases, but do you just as a, as a yes, no, do you have a reason for the end or did you just decide that the end happened? And I have put together a couple times trying to get some friends to help uh, sort of contribute some things, not necessarily in the areas that we're playing in right now, but maybe other areas. And one of the core tenets is it's unexplained. Nobody knows why. I don't want to investigate why. Partially because I don't want it to be like, oh, I'm blaming this politician or that politician for these kinds of things. But also partially because it's a mystery. And there's no going back. That's that was that was the that was the number two two rule. There's no going back. This has happened. Nothing can fix it. The past is the past. That's cool. I like that. Kind of in a you know a way. I don't know if you're familiar with the Eberron setting, but much the way yep. Keith set up the morning. Yeah. I mean, realistically, anybody who plays in in Eberron can pick whatever they want for what happened in uh, Seer Sire, however you want to pronounce it. Um, I've heard it pronounced so many different ways, and Keith is basically <laughs> sort of let all those different ways um, go. You know, it's however you want it to happen is how it happened. It's up to you. But I won't be exploring it, at least not for a long time. That's fair. All right, I've been yammering on here for a bit. Steve, do you have any questions? No, I honestly, I, I love hearing that we get to hear more in this setting and more in this world and that you're planning a campaign to are sort of excited to hear where this goes and and where we're headed to next because your players are great and it's it's i'm not putting anything against them but that world and setting is just what sold me from the word go on this campaign and i'm i'm invested like honestly i appreciate that but like i said i mean my players are you know just as responsible for this world as i am at this point i you know it's a collaborative effort i went to this looking to have fun but looking for, you know, I'm the final say on things, but let's let's figure out what, you know, what do you guys think is happening? They all, or not everybody, but several people, some of the NPCs in town were created by the players. And we haven't super explored them, but there's a couple funny ones coming up too. Cool. Cool. Very cool. No, I just like, I, I love the fact, and I it didn't, but the, like so much of what you did is you just went, well, what if this really did happen? Mm-hmm. And and just kept doing that. I mean, it's so so simple. And because I know, like, so often, you know, at least for me, like, you sit down and you try to write something, and you're like, 
yeah, this kind of feels boring or this feels too crazy or and all you did is went, well, this thing really at least sort of happened. So what if it worked this way that some people think it did, what would result from that? Mm-hmm. And it's like such a, a a simple but effective way of coming up with something really unique. I, I appreciate you saying that. I, so like I, like I said a couple times now, sort of my worry has always been like, is what I'm trying to say conveyed or are people, you know, or am I making this too complicated or are things not landing with listeners? But I have gotten a decent amount of feedback that people are, people that are listening are enjoying, which is, which is great. <laughs> you know, I, I set out to one podcast and I was like, I'm just, we're just going to put it up and see what happens. And now, like I said, about a, a year and a month down the road, here we are. Cool. I'm glad, I'm glad y'all took the step to do it. Cause it's been a fun ride. I appreciate Like I said, I appreciate it. <laughs> People need to go leave reviews on 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 iTunes, though. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm not an Apple user, but <laughs> uh, don't just make an Apple account and, and leave a review. That's what I tell people. <laughs> well, I think with that, do you have any more questions to ask, Steve? Because I don't. No, I, I mean, I think you know, we, we it turned out to be a whole lot simpler process than I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean that in any way as anything other than a compliment. <laughs> yeah, so that's why I was like, geez, I hope they're not disappointed when I tell them that. I was just kind of, you know, just letting it go. See see how, see where things go. Well, but, <laughs> but that's the thing, you know, how often do we just, we overcomplicate stuff when we're trying to do mm-hmm. this. And, and it's just so cool to hear somebody say, no, I just kind of went, okay, so what if Roswell really happened and they did do this <laughs> thing? This is my first time GMing game, I think in, oh, let's see, almost 10 years. Oh, sort of hung it up, <laughs> at least at least in a long-term sense. I sort of hung it up for a while, uh, popped back in on and off and ran short-term things. Or, But I sort of burned out because, because of that whole idea where uh, just so I had this idea in my head of what things were going to be and what the story was going to be. And I couldn't let go and let my players, you know, do their thing. So went into this with, let's all do our thing and see where it goes. Well, I would say, at least from the experience as a listener, that it's been quite a success. (laughs) Thank you. I would certainly agree with that. Yeah. I'm sort of astonished, you know, and and this isn't saying anything again. It, I'm I'm just really astonished at how, you know, it's 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 really cool to me to to hear another DM and and to have someone who's world is as flushed out as yours is and just to hear that it's it's sort of working with your players and coming off the cuff and and that's really cool to hear i'm just really glad to hear that thank you again (laughs) so tyler's number one world building tip is just let it happen (laughs) yep just sit back and enjoy the ride yeah you know that's kind of been my gm philosophy for a while is I, i go into a game with a few scenes in mind and then just hang on and see where the players drag things because yep. like you said, it, it you can plan out this, that, three other things. And invariably, if you plan out seven different options for the way they're going to react to this one sequence, they find eight, nine, and 10, and then do 14. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Nope. No campaign survives contact with the player. But, you know, like uh, you said, just, <laughs> just hang on and, and roll with it and react and, and watch those things that, that they're latching onto and, and lean into them. Yeah. And ultimately it leads to them enjoying it a lot more too. Yeah. Because they're they're targeting things that they want to do. Right. And like from my perspective, when I'm GMing, if I see the players are really into it, then I'm having more fun. Mm-hmm. So yep. they're having more fun. I'm having more fun. Everybody wins. Yep. I mean, and that's part of why I said earlier, this most recent session wound up going, you know, like an hour or more, more than I anticipated it being. Because this isn't a spoiler. I'm just going to say that this, it was a tense session, but it was tense in a very fun way in that, you know, it, it wasn't like we finished it and it was like, oh my God, that was stressful. I was like, oh, that was a good time, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's good because, you know, with not being able to meet in person, it's, <laughs> it's been rough online is a different experience and yeah then you know you're the yeah everything the group met for our session zero and i think it was a month and or it was a little bit more than a, a little bit less than a month after our session zero and it was the day before they started locking stuff down or it was the day after they started locking stuff down that it was going to be our first session oh geez 
and we had to we had to punt that session and 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 scramble and figure out how we were going to do it. And luckily, you know, there's plenty of Discord bots out there that we've been able to to latch onto and and depend on to to get through it. And to be honest with you, I don't know that I want to go back to recording the podcast game in person because. I've been spoiled by the fact that I have a multi-track recording bot. <laughs> yeah, well, and I was going to say, you know, from from a technical standpoint, the gear required to record multi-track live. I worked in radio for 10 years. I never saw it. Well, I mean, off the top <laughs> of my head, you're looking at a, a like a Rode Procaster or a Zoom. Mm-hmm. What is it? Live Track 8, which are both, I want to say, five $600 boards. Yeah that's yeah, that's no. a big chunk of change and you can't really do anything else with them yeah so like i said we'll probably continue to record the if we're going to do any recording you know in discord we might go to do the live games in person jordan does a lot of movies and he's been hoping to put a studio together so if that comes through we'll probably have a space in the studio ah, okay that which should be interesting but that's Probably a long ways out at this point. Well, yeah. Now, we mentioned a couple of you guys play Genesis, and I know from yep. listening to you, you guys use uh, RPG sessions for your dice rolling and yep. so forth. And they're actually a sponsor for us now. Oh, that's yep. cool. Yeah, I, I thought I'd heard that the last couple episodes. Yep. yep. They sponsor us for Genesis and, and the Star Wars games. Yep. That's who we used when we did the the one shot with, with Chris a couple months back. I'm playing in a game right now that's using sessions, and it's great. Yeah, it's, I mean, it has just been, and the fact that actively developing it and they're listening to what people are looking for has been great. And I mean, just since we started using it probably six, seven, seven or eight months ago, I think it's come such a long way. I mean, when we started using it, the adversaries were not, you couldn't have the adversaries in there, just the characters and just the rolling. Now you can have your, your adversaries in there, the weapon tabs you've got. It's really great. And and they're still going. And I've been talking with them. We, I've been talking to them about a lot of things that I'd like to see uh, as, uh, as have some other people. So hopefully, hopefully good things are coming with them. Cool. Cool. Yeah, it's I, I want to get into some online Genesis. Unfortunately, my work schedule makes trying to play more than like one night a week ridiculous. Uh, I get it. But yeah, it's it's definitely on my list as something I want to play more in and, and work in, you know, in a, in a creative sense as well, because mm. I just like it is such a neat the mechanical slash narrative structure is is so neat. Yeah, I'm I'm finding at this stage of a campaign that are it sometimes gets a little frustrating having to figure out how to challenge them because at this point they're rolling so many dice. I mean, I'll just let me just look back at the dice channel from from the last session here, and we're looking at I'm okay. I'm looking at uh, a ranged heavy check here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve dice. Oh, uh, on a single check, you know, so, so sometimes it gets to a point where I'm like, how am I going to challenge these, these guys? But right now we're balancing it. And that's why I think that's another reason why I don't think the campaign can go too long. Mm-hmm. We're sitting at 360 earned XP right now. Okay. As of the last recording. Playing in a more, I don't want to call it mundane because that doesn't sound, you know, that, that sounds too normal, but in a very reality based setting. Mm-hmm. I think maybe a, yeah. a better way to put it that, yeah, that is, you know, your, your progression is starting to get up there and yeah, it's, it's going to be hard without trying to, to whip up weird things, so to speak, that, that may yeah. feel forced. And yeah, you know, like you said, you don't want to do that. And there's a Tarrasque. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite that much, but, the, but there are, like I said, there, there is something that they're trying to, to, to unleash here <laughs> that they need to be worried about. Yeah, I, I heard you hitting at that, and I'm going, ooh, I wonder what this is. Starting to sound like a Call of Cthulhu game. <laughs> Not quite, but I have, I have read it. I've been, I've been looking for inspiration from them. I haven't found anything that I felt like fit in the Lovecraftian stuff. Mm-hmm. A few months back, I read, um, oh, geez, what's the name of it? Uh, the Color Out of Space or something like that. Oh, yeah, that's a, actually a really good novel. It's a great story, and I was looking for inspiration, and ultimately I was like, I don't, I love the story, but I don't, I don't know how to do it justice. <laughs> if you want an interesting uh, to tangent, because that's what our show is. But if you want an interesting take on that, the Nicolas Cage movie that they just recently made, that's an adaptation of that is really good. Hmm. Well, I'll have to look into that. Well, then, is it that time, Steve? It is that time. 
It's time for Game of the Week. Game of the Week. Game of the Week. Game of the Week. Okay. So, the inevitable question of Game of the Week. Who goes first? Uh, <laughs> you go first, Steve. I got something. I mean, if, if you want me to go first, then... Uh, yeah, if, if you'd like to, you can, or, or one of us can. Okay. So, have you guys... I mean, obviously, you know Dracula. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of Dracula Untold? No. Have you heard of the bubble gumshoe system? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, Dracula Untold uses uh, bubble gumshoe, and it basically takes the idea that... Kind of in a lot of what I what what I've done that Bram Stoker's Dracula is a actually a collection of after action reports and that Dracula is real and um, the premise is it, it's built to be you know you your group plays a bunch of spies you know people from intelligence agencies who have basically been burned because they somebody told them about this. And gave them a copy of the unredacted Dracula. And the whole goal of the, the game, it, it's, it's an RPG. So, you know, there's, there's a storyteller. Uh, but the whole goal of the game is that you, you need to try to take down Dracula. And my Monday, the Monday group that I play and played, played it a bit, we ended up blowing ourselves up. <laughs> but uh it, it was it's it's really amazing there's like if, if you if you if you look it up there's um like they actually took and released a version of dracula called dracula unredacted for it and it's got notes in the margins uh of like several different people i think it said dracula until i think it's actually dracula unredacted but there are uh of several different people that have over the course of years, annotated and and put their suspicions as to as to what's going on. It, it, it's it was a great system. It, it was really fun. It was a short lived game, but it was it was really fun. It's uh, Kenneth Height. Ken Height. Oh, he's so is, good. Is part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is actually part of the Dracula dossier for um. Yeah. Kind that's, of Knights Black Agents and Gumshoe. Yes, Shoe. that's what it is. Yes, Knights Black Agents. I think is the is the actual thing. Yes. Uh, okay. As I'm as I'm talking to you, I looked it up, and yeah, Dr- the Dracula dossier, Dracula unredacted. It was a, it was a great game. Okay. Yeah. Now, Knights Black Agents, I've been curious about for a while, and I can't, I keep kicking myself. I think it was on um oh Humble Bundle not that long ago, and I didn't do it. I have the we bought the hardcovers. Like everybody in the group bought the hardcovers. Oh, to, cool. To get into it, um, of the, of at least the Knights Black Agents part of it, and I think ev- all. Six of uh, there was five of us at the time, all five players. Like we went, I, I listened to the audiobook for Dracula, but we all went back and 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 listened to or read Dracula as we were starting the campaign. So we were all re- really into it. It was it was really fun. Like I said, on, it, it ended on a little bit of an unfortunate note, but a lot of our games on Monday nights end up with us blowing each other up, <laughs> quite literally with explosives. Uh, oh, hey. Ironically, the game before that ended with us dying in a fire in a basement being chased by vampires <laughs> there you go it's a good game check it out excellent excellent all right steve you got one or do you need me to go i got one um okay mine's not a game well mine is a game mine's not a full game like i normally talk about mine's not a mine's not a uh core book mine is a addition to call of cthulhu and it's a it's the new tales of the Miskatonic Valley. This is an anthology for Call of Cthulhu set in the 1920s. This is an Any Award winner. And I think we're both sort of fans of Seth Skorkowski YouTube channel. I, I really like his videos. He puts out some pretty interesting stuff. They've written a segment for this called A Mother's Love, which is what got my attention. And then when I actually opened it up, I'm a huge fan of anthology um expansions like pre-written anthology stuff for games and the ability to just go well i kind of just want to play you know i want an easy setting that's maybe in dunwich or i want a setting that's in kingsport or insmith or arkham and that's what this is this is this is a couple couple stories in arkham a couple story or one setting in dunwich one setting in foxfield two in kingsport and one in insmith and it's just you know, you just grab it and go. And I really, really think that's cool. And I, if it's an any award winner, it's more than likely super high quality. Yeah. Now, I like a lot of Seth videos. I know he's a big Call of Cthulhu fan. And well, if you've listened to us for more than a few episodes, you know that that game holds a special place in my heart. <laughs> 
be honest, I haven't played any Call of Cthulhu except for the Ar- is it Arkham Horror, the board game. Yes. Yeah, we played that a couple times, but um, I've never actually gotten into a Call of Cthulhu game I'm, or maybe like a game day one at some point, but nothing long term. I mean, if you like that genre as far as the horror and the, the mm. weird, it's great. You know, there are a couple different takes on it. I mean, now there's a bunch of different takes out on it, you know, be it um, yeah. there's a gumshoe one couple of them i think now um i think modifius is coming out with their 2d20 version here you know in the next month or so well, with, um, with them you never know it could drop tomorrow yeah well it, they've got like three games right now that are all on the precipice of coming out <laughs> well dune dune just one day was like oh by the way it's out what yeah <laughs> but like they've got fallout and octon cthulhu and seems like maybe that's the three that are all really really close or just out yeah all right so i was actually going to go with something if you're done steve i'm done this is a little bit more of a maybe an osr title you know indie things from a company called tuesday night games the author and artist is a, a gentleman by the name of sean mccoy it's a game called mothership which is a sci-fi horror role-playing game and it's kind of intended it doesn't really have a setting but it does it's you and your crew are trying to survive in the most inhabitable environment in the universe, outer space. You'll excavate dangerous derelict spacecraft, you know, et cetera. So it's, it's very much designed as a kind of like alien, but not that specific. You know, you can do it. You build your own thing. You, you, you build your own kind of micro setting, really, because, hey, it's a horror game really fun when half the party at least dies in the end <laughs> you know but like they've got basically there's four classes there's teamsters which are you know engineers pilots miners whatever they're scientists you know your doctors and so forth you've got androids and then you've got the marines who and i, I love this tagline in the descriptions it is marines are here to shoot bugs and chew bubble gum <laughs> so i mean now technically this is a beta the the version that's on um drive through RPG. It is pay what you want with a suggested price of $7. Mind you, the beta won the 2019 gold any for best game. So, and there's a ton of supplements out there for it. Adventures, you know, like micro settings. I've, I've heard a lot of really good things about this. I have yet to actually get it and play it myself, but it's something that I think could be a lot of fun. Yeah, that sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest, I'm not a huge horror person. I don't know. I just, <laughs> I guess I scare easily. Well, see, this is <laughs> where I'm weird that way because I don't particularly like what most people consider horror movies. Mm-hmm. I've tried to read Stephen King a couple times. It just bores me. And yet I love horror role-playing games. And I don't know. It's it's just a weird thing. I've given up trying to understand. Um, as a quick aside, I, I say I'm not much of a horror person, but uh, Jordan, who plays Marcus on what comes after Grint on the Star Wars game and then runs the the other game, the random role game, he is a movie maker uh, and he's made a couple. He's got a couple movies out actually the trees have eyes is a is a, like a zombie horror movie he's got another one coming out um oh geez what's the name i think it was like sorority house or something it's um coming out soon it'll be out in stores but i'll i'll i'll, I'll tweet that out on my um i'll at least tweet it out when, when that next one comes out on my twitter which is uh what comes after underscore but he's he's been making movies for quite a while now i think he's still got one that he's editing in fact so the uh, the trees have eyes actually has um he got Tony Moran who yeah. was the original Mike Myers the original guy behind the the Mike Myers mask in it yeah I'm gonna have so to if check you're into this horror out. definitely check it out it's not my forte <laughs> but I also think several several of the people in our friends group were extras in it as well at at varying points so. Okay. No, that sounds cool though. I mean, like it's, it's neat to see, you know, I think the, it's really cool, you know, how, you know, how digital media has really opened up pathways for creative people. Yeah. Yeah. He's put a lot of work into this stuff too. <laughs> oh yeah. And I, no, I don't mean that. Like, oh, but, yeah, no, I'm not saying, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he's, he decided that's what he wanted to do way back. I mean, before I met him, we, we all worked at Walmart, but that, that he's like, I'm going to make movies and that's what he ended up doing. So good for him. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. 
Awesome. Well, I'll go ahead at this point. I'll just have you, if you want to plug, you know, if you got discord or whatever you want to plug at this time, feel free to give that a shout out. So if you want to talk to us on discord, just join the D 20 radio discord. Um, I, I'm, I'm on there. I, I never really made a discord for, for the podcast, plenty of others that, that, you know, we can talk about it. So I also don't want the, have to manage another discord server. <laughs> But um, the podcast feed, the best way to find it is anchor.fm slash what comes after. For now, eventually I probably will change it to Tabletop Tales. But for now, I don't want to change all the links that I already uh, put out there. My Twitter, like I said, is at what comes after underscore. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Tabletop Tales as well. And what comes after.net, though that hasn't been updated in a while. I did want to say that that the art of the van, I just saw that and like the image of a lifted E250 <laughs> is just perfect for that campaign. Yeah. Um, the artist is actually another good friend of mine. Ironically, he lives a block away from me. Uh, but um, yeah, he, he knocked it out of the park. I we, we basically gave him, you know, simple descriptions of the characters and kind of let him go. And what he what he put out there was was fantastic. Yeah, I, I like that. I was trying to remember. I knew I had seen someone's podcast art and there was a name on there and I was a little curious about who it was, but it, this wasn't the name I was thinking of. But mm -hmm. no, I like it. Like I said, in, in that because that to me, that just screams like a yeah. 80s E250. My dad had a had a had a club wagon when I was growing up. It's actually the first thing I ever drove. Mm -hmm. It's a giant, massive van. I took my driver's test in a three quarter ton Chevy van. Oh, God. <laughs> First thing I ever drove was a three-quarter ton pickup truck. I was twelve, but yeah, yeah. I think I, I mean when I drove this, it was just in like in the backyard, and I couldn't have been older than thirteen. But yeah, yeah. You, the the PC did with all of them in front of the van and whatnot. It's that's cool. I like that a lot. Yeah, like I said, he he does great work. Uh, I think uh, what's the name of the Unstoppable Comics? I believe he does some work for. Uh, I've known him for a long time. Somebody mm -hmm. actually I worked with in retail <laughs> ages ago when I was actually I was still in high school when I first worked with him. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's uh, almost 20 years ago. It's weird how things those those things circle around. Yeah. Then I guess I suppose. Do you have anything more you wanted to say? I don't I don't think so. I think we covered it all. Cool. Well, then I guess you know another place you can you want to at least holler at Tyler. We haven't convinced him to drag any of his players kicking and screaming into our Discord, but he does. You do pop into our Discord from time to time. I'm there. It, like I said, I mean, the best way to get in touch with me if if you if you have questions or anything, either Twitter or the D20 Radio Discord are probably the quickest ways that I'll see it. Fair enough. So. So I guess with that, if, if you want to get in touch with Steve or I, you know, there's there's all the Twitter and Facebooks there in the show notes. We've got the Discord. There's a link to that in the show notes. Anything else, Steve? No, I think with that, we want to remind everyone to be kind to one another and get out there and play some RPGs. Indeed. Intro and outro music by the band 12 Noon. You can email us at meandsteverpg at gmail.com. You can also find us at facebook.com slash meandsteverpg. Thank you and be kind to each other. How much for the cigar? Cigar, 20 bucks, dog. You got to go down the street to the store and buy that. Dang. Yeah, so close. <laughs> this week, you get to screw up the name. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry about that.